welcome to ChirpCast, encouragement with heart, humor, and a little sarcasm. Let me go ahead and just set the scene for you today. You and someone that you're very close to have had a falling out. They hurt you in some way. Your relationship is strained. It's all you can do to let it go. Well, then you both end up at the same dinner party, and let's just say it's awkward at best. You kind of go through the motions, being pleasant for the crowd's sake. You don't even want to think about bringing up the elephant in the room, really. But as you kind of mull over the hurt in your head, the thought that keeps coming up is, if they loved me enough, they never would have hurt me like that. Can you relate? Is this a familiar scenario? Enter Jesus. Well, actually exit Jesus. In John chapter 18, Jesus is arrested in the garden after being with his disciples, and Judas has betrayed him. Now Jesus is being taken into custody. So you might think Judas is the really scoundrelly kind of guy here, but he's not the one you might be pointing the finger at in just a minute. See, Peter and another one of the disciples followed along. Of course, they got to see what was happening. So Peter had to stay outside because he didn't know the high priest who was questioning Jesus, but somehow the other disciple did. So he went in. Peter was soon able to go in as well. So far, so good, right? He's there. He's being supportive. Yay, Peter. And then one of the servant girls asked Peter, as they're all kind of standing around a fire together, if he is one of Jesus' disciples. I am not. Wait, what? I'm sorry. What did you say, Peter? Did you just say no? Who strike one. And then another guy standing around the fire spots Peter and asks him a second time if he was the one who was one of Jesus's disciples. Peter again denies a connection to Jesus. Strike two. And just when you think things cannot get any worse, they do. A man who apparently was at the garden when Jesus was arrested, asked Peter again, didn't I see you at the garden with him? Peter was caught dead to rights, but what does he say? He denies even being there. I would imagine at the very moment Peter denied knowing Jesus, Jesus's heart broke. I'm certain Jesus knew, but strike three, Peter, you're out. Well, let's fast forward a little bit and Jesus has been crucified. Can you imagine the guilt that Peter probably carried for those exceptionally long days? I mean, I can't even imagine it. I hate when there's even an argument or a disagreement between my husband and I, and we live in the same house and we get to see each other and we can reconcile at any time. Literally, like the moment I say something dumb, I can apologize. Like it's that quick. However, with Peter, he does this horrible thing where he completely denies even knowing the Messiah then Jesus is crucified. So I can only imagine that those days for Peter probably felt like they were about 35 hours long each because his heart was probably so heavy from what he had done. Um, The other day, I actually just heard a man who spoke on TV and he had lost his wife in the freak airplane accident that also claimed the life of Kobe Bryant. And he said that the last thing she said to him was, I love you. Now, if you were Peter, wouldn't the last thing that you would have wanted to have said to Jesus been, I love you? Or at the very least, I'm sorry? Well, the Bible goes on to tell us in John that after Jesus rose from the grave, he went to see his disciples. And of course, they were overjoyed, I'm sure. (laughs) 
But I can't help but wonder what was going on inside Peter's head. Um, I don't know. Was he trying to avoid this betrayal? Did he try to blend in with the crowd? Sort of keep a low profile? Kind of like a kid when you're in trouble and so you're super, super good because you don't want to bring attention to yourself? I think maybe that would have been Peter's move. Well, the one thing we know for sure is that Peter went fishing. The Bible tells us that Simon Peter told a handful of the men that he was going fishing and they wanted to go with him. And as they're finishing, trying to fish, they've been fishing all night long. uh, Jesus walks out onto the shoreline and calls out to them and asks if they've caught anything. They reply that they have not. And Jesus tells them to cast their nets on the other side. And I believe one of the translations says, we've been fishing all night and haven't caught anything. So Jesus is like, okay, well then try it my way. (laughs) That's like every parent's phrase right there, right? To your kids, you've done it your way. Now try it my way. They comply and sure enough, fish. Eventually the men come to shore. And I think what's really interesting is actually in this passage, it says that Peter grabs his outer garment Um, Because he had been fishing and working and he's probably all sweaty and gross and he had taken off his outer garment. Well, he put it on. It says that he jumped into the water, swam and went to Jesus. He was so excited to see Jesus and he just went straight for him. The rest of the disciples came on the boat, of course. Peter just left them to do the dirty work and bring everything in. So they kind of get everybody together. They're sitting at the shore. And when they get together, Jesus has a fire going with bread and fish. And he tells them, come eat. I really love that this encounter between Jesus and Peter basically comes full circle. It's by no accident, I'm sure, that Peter finds himself around a fire, just like when he betrayed Jesus. Here's a few differences I noticed, though. Um, First, the betrayal was in the company of strangers. This is a group of friends basically family. These men had lived together. They knew each other. I wonder if Peter had disclosed his betrayal to any of them, or if he tried to kind of keep it under wraps. He didn't maybe want to say anything because at one point, Jesus calls Peter the rock. He says, I will build my church upon the rock. And Here we go with Peter being the one that Jesus had proclaimed this crazy missionary message for him to take out. And Peter's like, no, I don't even know him. I don't know who that guy is. (laughs) So Peter probably is pretty quiet about it. It makes so much sense to me that Jesus brings up the question. Jesus brings brings everything to light. Like, I mean, the betrayal under cover of darkness, it was nighttime. And then this literal come to Jesus moment is in the daylight. Jesus asked Peter three times, do you love me? And Peter answers in the affirmative each time. And I like that Jesus doesn't say, do you love me enough? Do you love me enough? Jesus also didn't ask him, why did you do that? If you would have loved me enough, you would never have done that. But in our human condition, we ask other people that all the time. If you loved me enough, why do you keep doing what you're doing? You see, 
My guess is that Peter was probably filled with relief and (laughs) tons of humility. I mean, restoration is what Jesus did for Peter, and it's what he offers us. You know, we always look at Judas and we say, well, he's the one who betrayed Jesus to begin with. How about us? How many times have we somehow quieted, backed away from our faith, maybe put a little bit of space between us and those crazy holy rollers, you know, because we're like, eh, I don't know if I really want to be associated with that. Ephesians 2, 8 tells us, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is a gift of God. No matter what type of betrayal we have committed, Jesus still calls us unto himself. His grace truly is amazing. When I was reading through this entire chapter here, just the whole idea of Jesus offering a safe place to be able to bring about reconciliation. A lot of times people assume that God is this big mean man up in the sky and he can't wait to beat you over the head with all the things that you've done wrong. When we can see firsthand, Jesus offers something. And in fact, the Bible even tells us that Jesus waited until after they had eaten before he addressed the issue. You see, Jesus is constantly providing for us. Constantly. He never takes us to a place where we're in such desperation that we can't go to him because his arms are always open. He's always willing to bring us back to himself, back to reconciliation, back into a right relationship with him. I hope that whatever it is that you may be going through, whatever struggle, whatever you feel that your betrayal is of Jesus, I hope that you understand today that it is by grace that you have been saved. Thank God it's not on me, because if it was, I would be one hot mess. If you would like to continue getting more encouraging, insightful, amazing amounts of wisdom, read your Bible. But if you would like some witty commentary on the Bible, feel free to follow me at ChirpCastAmy on Instagram. I would love to hear from you. If you are encouraged, drop me a line and we'll have a chat. I'll catch you next time. Bye.